it, it's a moral issue for me. So it comes from a moral social justice place. And for some reason, I, I'm aware that I'm privileged. You know, like, I, I guess I just realized this isn't fair. You know, this, the, I thought America was a land of equal opportunity. And I, I really believed that for a long time. You know, that if you work hard, you can succeed. And I think what I realized is that wasn't true. I was born with cerebral palsy. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up, use their voice, and make an impact in this world. You're listening to The Weekly Parody. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. We have Ryan Carson from Treehouse with us. I'm so excited about this interview. I got so much value from this. And honestly, we did this recording a couple of weeks ago. I have not been able to stop thinking about the things that Ryan said and how I can apply it to my life and my business. He is all about making an impact in this world and not only making a profit, but also using his business and his platform to change culture and make a difference in this world. And that is what we are all about on this podcast. So super, super honored to have him on the show. We're going to dig into that in just a second. But before we get started, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also leave us a review if you have a second. We greatly appreciate that. So without further ado, let's get into this incredible interview with Ryan Carson. He is the CEO and founder of Treehouse, an online technology school with more than 80,000 enrolled students and 850,000 students taught in the past eight years. That is incredible. Treehouse takes people from zero experience to job ready in as little as six months. And I will add in, this is without a college degree. I love that. And to add to that, he also founded Carson Field and Drop Send. So let's get into this episode with Ryan Carson. Thanks for having the show. This is gonna be fun. Oh, I'm super excited. Um, and just full disclosure, I I I am super ignorant with all things tech and coding. And so when I heard that you did that, I was like, oh wow. Uh, where did your passion for that come in, the technology side? Um, so I was lucky. I had parents who um I had bought a computer when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is way back in, in the Apple IIe ages where you had this kind of computer that had a green screen. And I just kind of tinkered with it and thought, this is interesting. Um, but I am not some kind of nerdy, like super techie person, actually. I, I actually like creativity. And I figured out you could use technology to create things. Um, so you know, anyone who's listening who feels like I'm not, I'm not technical, like you're like, like you, um, actually uh, technology is basically a creative tool now, right? That yeah. it's, you just use it like a hammer, or like a saw to build something amazing. So I love that. And you went to school to, I did. Yeah. So again, uh, and you'll hear a theme here. Like I'm realizing how privileged I was, you know, grew up in a home where my parents said, you're going to go to college and we're going to pay for it, which is bonkers. Um, and I studied computer science because it had the word computer in it. And that was how I chose it. Um, and that was at Colorado State. 
and uh, and then I graduated, and then the adventure began. So what happened in this adventure? Uh, I know a little bit about what you've done with Treehouse. Where did you go from walking across that stage, receiving that diploma, to what Treehouse stands for now? Um, so it is a, a winding, interesting story. So basically graduated and then uh, realized I've grown up my whole life in Colorado, um, you know, have a certain worldview. I wonder if I moved to a whole new country across the Atlantic, if what would happen to me? And so... I watched a movie, the best movie of all time, called Notting Hill, which is an amazing romantic comedy. <laughs> um, and I thought, I'll move to London. That looks fun. Um, you know, Hugh Grant's life looks amazing. Okay. And uh, so I, I, I called my mom. I was like, Mom, I'm sorry. I'm going to move across the Atlantic. And she started crying. <laughs> so, so moved to London. And then and the moment that Treehouse um, began in my mind was, um, I walked into this job for the first time. I got a, a simple web designer, web developer job in Cambridge, England. And I walked in, I sat down, they said, okay, um, we're going to make websites. And, you know, we're using this technology uh, called Flash and, and get started. And, and I was like, I didn't learn any of that in my degree. Wait, what? You know, uh, I have to go get a book and I have to Google things. And, and, and then it's like something in my mind snapped. I realized, what the heck happened? You know, my parents paid $50,000 and I spent four years of my life doing that. And like, they're asking me to do something. I just have to go to like Barnes and Noble to learn how to do this is super broken. Um, and I'm very people driven. Uh, my parents drilled into me every day. Your mission in life is to serve people. Um, you, you know, you'll have a good life if you said I made other people's lives better. And I just knew the system was hurting millions of people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people were getting crazy debt. They were learning things they didn't even need. And it was very broken. So that was the moment that the seed was planted for Treehouse. But I didn't start the company for 10 years. Um, yeah, so I can tell that whole story. But that's the moment that the idea came to me. Okay, wow. Uh, I know I read somewhere that you said when you, you found your why at 32, and I, I, I'm assuming that's kind of tied into your story of not starting your company for 10 years. So can you, I mean, you don't have to go into all the details of logistics, but kind of give us some insight of, okay, I had this idea. I saw this need, something inside of me was stirred, mm. but I didn't find my why till 32. Yeah. So basically I was a web developer and web designer building websites, you know, I, and it, it, it didn't, that didn't really feel that meaningful to me, um, you know, um, and I, I just, but it, it was a job and I kept working on it. But this, this seed kept growing in my mind, you know, how, technology is, is powerful and it can change people's lives if they learn it. Like, how can I teach people this? Mm -hmm. um, and I started a, a simple meetup with a buddy of mine from church and, and we, got web designers together to talk about their work and to hang out and to encourage each other. So it was kind of learning and encouraging and networking, right? Didn't make a dime. I mean, it was, it was like, let's get together and have drinks. Um, and that theme kind of kept growing. So then eventually I quit my, my day job and wanted to, to, to start my first company. And it was a simple web app. I, again, I, it wasn't my why. It was more like, well, instead of working for these people, maybe I could build my own little startup and maybe I could, you know, pay myself and just have independence. Um, it wasn't some big tech company. I mean, it was literally a simple idea, which was sending large files that you couldn't email. 
Um, and I could build an app to do that. And then I could have people pay me money. And then maybe I could start this kind of freedom process in my life. So I quit my job, but this theme of helping people and encouraging people and teaching people technology was still there through these meetups. Um, that little startup I, I launched failed. So I was in my top bedroom kind of trying to make it work. Um, and I had never done sales in my life. I had never really learned how to do sales. And I actually let myself fail. I just, I, 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 I never got over this feeling of, I can't do sales. It's like too, it's too slimy or it's too like pushy or I just, I'm not that person. Like I don't want to do it. And so the company kind of slowly failed. And um, I had to admit one day, like this just doesn't, this doesn't work. I mean, my wife's paying our mortgage. I'm barely scraping by here. I'm in my bedroom by myself. You know, this is, this is not working. Um, and it's, it, it's not even meaningful to me anyways. I don't really care about sending large files. You know, that I don't feel like I'm making the world any, any better. And so we shut it down. And I was talking to my wife about it. Um, and it was, I remember specifically what happened. So the, the realization hit me, this, is, this isn't going to work. And I shut down my computer and I walked downstairs. Um, and my wife had just got home from work. And I said, I, I don't think this business works. Like, I think it's failing and we got to shut it down. Um, and that was humiliating. You know, I'm supposed to be the man. I'm supposed to, you know, make the money. I'm supposed to figure this stuff out. And it, and it wasn't. Um, and that was the one of the most humbling, humiliating experiences of my life. And my wife is amazing. She didn't care. And she was like, it's fine. You know, we'll be fine. And we'll figure it out. Um, and And then, you know, all my best ideas we have together, by the way. So all my good ideas are always from both Jill and I. And she's like, well, you know, we do this you do this meetup stuff and you know, really smart people like, why don't you know, and people are starting to do these workshops where you teach people for a day, they come to, you know, your office and you teach them and they pay you 200 bucks and they learn how to code. Like, why don't we do that? Um, we can teach people something and they'll pay us and it's a win-win. And so we, we kind of booted that idea up. Um, and this is why it's a windy road to find your why, right? I mean, amen this was not clear to me. Yeah. You know, I would found Treehouse in 2010. Right. So, but I was getting closer to it. Um, it's like, okay, yeah, well teaching people how to code will make them happy. It will allow them to get jobs. It will make their lives better. That more aligns with something deep inside me that matters. So mm-hmm. let's try it. So I emailed, um, a, a friend of mine that was really kind of well-known in the web industry back then. And I said, you know, I don't even, you know, I don't know if you'd be willing to do this, but can we pay you to teach a class on what you know? And he's like, yeah, that sounds fun. And we did it. And we hustled to get people to know about it. They bought tickets. And the first event was a success. You know, it was tiny. I mean, it was a room of like 20 people, um, but it, it worked. And at the end of the day, the best thing was people walked up to me and said, that was fun. Like, thank you. I learned so much and I, I can't wait to go back and apply it and like build things. And, and it made me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like closer. Okay. We're teaching people something. We're, we're empowering them. We're making money. Let's do more of that. We did another one in another city and then another one. And then eventually they, it was like, Jill, well, why don't you join me? Like you could quit your job and we could work together and we could awesome. travel. 
yeah, we could like, let's make it work. Um, I remember I showed her a spreadsheet in a hotel room, like, look, like we, we can make enough money. And, uh, she was a senior editor at a big magazine and, and, uh, I can't believe she said yes. So, um, so we did it. We started that together, me and her. So she joined me in that top bedroom and we worked, you know, our desks were together, um, kind of cranking away. And we did that for a long time. So, you know, that company, um, we grew and grew and grew it to about 10 people, um, employees very slowly, you know, um, bootstrapped and just did more and more events. Some of them totally didn't work, you know, some of them did. Um, but on the whole, we could grow it. Um, and then in 2008, we had our first kiddo. Um, and his name is Jackson and, and he, um, you know, came into the world and all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. It got real. <laughs> I'm going to die someday because I'm not the young one anymore. You know, oh, yeah. the, you know, it, and I, and I need to like, whatever. And we were making enough money to get by. I wasn't afraid that I wouldn't be able to feed my family, but I was more about the meaning in my life. Like, is this truly what is actually going to impact the world? Hmm. This style of training, you know, I'm basically, you know, I'm kind of helping wealthy people get wealthier. And I don't know if that's actually what I want to do. Um, I want to somehow change the system. Um, and let's face it, wealthy people can get wealthier by themselves. Like they don't really need me. So what are we doing here? Um, because, you know, you had to pay for a flight in a hotel and then pay for the ticket to the workshop. And it was expensive, right? Um, so if you could afford it, it probably meant you're doing okay. So I just talked to my wife about it again. I was like, I don't know this. I don't know if this matters. Like, well, how do we take what we're doing and make it affordable and accessible and effective? Like, how do we really change thousands of lives? Um, and she said, well, I don't know. That's like, we have, a, we have teachers. Like, why don't we hire one of them and film them and have them teach, you know, on a video and then put the video on the internet and charge just 25 bucks for that. And I was like, yes. <laughs> And so that, that was, you know, the winding journey to get to the beginning of Treehouse. So then we, we simply, you know, hired two teachers. We got a white sheet and a camera and we started making our first videos. Um, and uh, it started, you know, it started to work. Um, and so, but it, it, again, though, I w it wasn't clear, like, yes, this is the thing. You know, this is, this is really how I'm going to um, find my why. Like, this is my why. It was yeah. like, well, we're teaching web design, web development. This is cool. You know, 25 bucks a month, so it's more affordable. Yeah. But it's, it, it wasn't clear, like, this is what I want to die doing, right? This is yeah. what really matters. Um, and so, but we kept going. So we got more and more students um, and it started to grow. You know, and again, it wasn't some sort of rocket ship thing, you know, and we weren't, you know, making millions of dollars right away. Um, you know, I want your listeners to hear from me, like they probably heard from a lot of people that, you know, none of, we didn't know if it would work. We weren't sure how it was going to work. It didn't seem like it was working at first. Mm -hmm. um, it was all pretty uh, unsure. Um, but we just kept working at it. So slowly we got more and more students and we could grow the company and hire more people. Um, and then, uh, and then I, I sort of want to fast forward six years. Um, so worked really hard, you know, grew the company 
over time. We did raise a little bit of venture capital, but but we're not sort of a typical Silicon Valley venture capital story where we raised hundreds of millions of dollars and you know hired hundreds of people. And it was more raised a little bit of money here and there. Um, and then fast forward to 2016, um, about two years ago. So at this point, um, I signed something called the diversity pledge. And um, basically, you know, I figured I'm a moral person. I believe in diversity and equity and inclusion and social justice. And I think, you know, there should be equal opportunity to get jobs in tech. Um, there isn't. I know that. So I, but I, I want to be a part of the solution. So I signed it. Yeah. And then um, I started to look at my own company. And then I, I realized I had built a company that was majority white and majority male, like everybody else. And it was, it was like getting, it was like a slap in the face, you know, like, Hey, you thought you were moral. You thought you, you know, we're doing something special, but the truth is I, I just did what every other tech executive did. And I was empowering the same people that were already empowered. Right. So it was yeah. almost like all this work still wasn't working. Like we weren't actually fixing the system. Um, and I, I basically uh, took a year to try to figure out how do I change my own company? Um, and pause there for a second. Yeah. I'm going to ask a kind of forward question as a white male, why are you so passionate about this? How is this something that's on the forefront of your mind? Right. <laughs> um, I think it's because of, you know, it, it's a moral issue for me. So it comes from a moral social justice place. Um, and for some reason, I, I'm aware that I'm privileged. You know, like, I, I guess I just realized this isn't fair. You know, this, I, the, I thought America was a land of equal opportunity. And I, I really believed that for a long time. You know, that if you work hard, you can succeed. And I think what I realized is that wasn't true. Um, actually, that was true if you were white and you were male. If you were a woman, as you know, or if you are a person of color, you have to work like 10 times harder just to kind of be the same. And I thought, that's not right. I mean, there's, this is immoral, right? And the system has benefited me, but it's holding other people back. And part of it probably comes from, you know, my parents and them saying everyone's equal, that, you know, they should have equal opportunity. So, yeah, I, I'm just really uh, driven by that. Uh, it's kind of where the whole school came from. I mean, why did I even start this? Because I knew somehow that people were being locked out of opportunity because of the system. And I just kept learning more and more about the system. Um, so hopefully that answers the question. No, I just, I, it's, I think there's, and I don't want to go too far in this because we could probably talk about this for an hour, but there's a lot of defensiveness around that topic of people saying, you know, and I, and I understand, I mean, I've, I've experienced that myself where I you know, think that I don't have these this privilege or this or that and really kind of understanding that me being defensive over that and me not acknowledging it is kind of evidence of it being there. Yeah. It's um, weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's really strange. It's really strange I, when you dig into it. I think, uh, you know, I think the main issue is that people feel like you're saying they're not working hard or they didn't earn it. And it's, it's like, no, no, you definitely earned it. It's just that people start from different places on the starting line. Exactly. That's all. Right. Exactly. And I, as a white male, I start like, you know, uh, uh, literally a whole lap ahead of everybody, 
you know, and you, you know, as a white woman, you know, are little further ahead, but you're, you know, you're still, you still are behind the starting line. Yeah. And then if you're, you know, black or brown, you're even further back. And it's just like, yeah. no, nope, this isn't cool. Um, yeah. I shouldn't be able to be wealthy and successful just because of the color of my skin and my gender. This is yeah. messed up. So, so I didn't know any of that though. It's kind of like, I, I, I kind of thought, well, yeah, of course I want to empower, you know, everybody to be successful. And I didn't, I hadn't been educated about the systems in America um, and the institutionalized kind of processes that we have. Yeah. And so I got educated. So, you know, I listened Good to a podcast calling, yeah, I tried. I mean, so there's a podcast called Seeing White that I listened to, which is about whiteness. Um, I uh, watched Netflix, uh, Netflix documentary called 13th and I read a book called The New Jim Crow. Um, and then I can just see sexism everywhere. Like, so I, I can, and then I started listening for it, you know, in meetings and, and realized this woman is getting talked over, you know, or, she, you know, she's not getting the opportunity because, you know, the, the men are asking for the opportunity because they're being brazen, even though they don't deserve it. You know, you just start seeing it everywhere. And this is obviously, I mean, you could talk about this, like, like you said, for days, right? Oh, yeah. You've lived it, right? But I just started seeing it. Um, and so what I learned is that um, by, I interviewed over 50 people um, that were from underrepresented groups and said, this is embarrassing to ask, but I don't get why this is happening. Can you teach me? And they said, yeah, um, we don't trust you. <laughs> and I mean, like we, we've been exploited by white men our whole life. And so when you say that you have a job, you know, in technology for us, uh, we basically don't think it's true and there's you're trying to exploit us so you can't get us into the tech industry you can't teach us how to code like so what were you proposing to them how are you getting them into the tech industry um well it was, it was really primitive and ineffective it was like we have jobs you know anybody can apply for them you know mm -hmm. and it's like you know the, you know you don't see women succeeding in tech like there is a couple women executives you know there are a couple women founders but by and whole they're males they're white so it's like you're not seeing you succeed so you're less likely to believe you can succeed and and obviously if you're a person of color it's the same thing so they're like we don't even see people succeeding so why would we ever choose it and even if we did choose it um no one like us can support us so this is never going to happen um, they said so you have to partner with someone we do trust and that will work mm. and so and and uh so we partnered with the Boys and Girls Club. It's like, okay, we, we could go there and there is trust there. And so the Boys and Girls Club said, hey, you know, graduates of Boys and Girls Club, this amazing tech company wants to hire you. You can trust this opportunity. Like we've vetted it for you. And, and you then, were taking a step further, not to interrupt you, but you were not only saying, are we going to hire you, but we're going to hire you without a college degree. Right. Yeah, zero degree, zero experience. So we're going to hire you as an apprentice. So what we're going to do is invest in you because not it's not charity. Um, it's not because you know you need it. It's because we need you. Um, so we're going to invest in you by paying for the education, offering mentorship, um, making sure that those barriers are are unblocked for you, that you have a laptop, that you have a broadband connection, um, so that you can get to the starting line. Like that's literally what we're trying to do here is get them to the starting line. And then it's like, all right, you're going to have to work really hard. Um, so you essentially go to night school while you hold down a job. Um, 
And then once you finish that night school, it's basically our, our it's called our tech degree. It's our online boot camp. Um, excuse me. And then we hire you as an apprentice and then we mentor you, we support you, and then we essentially uh, grow you into the senior talent we need. Um, but guess what? That's not going to work because we have a total white male culture here. <laughs> so you're going to hate working here. Mm-hmm. So we basically have to, we had to start training ourselves on equity, diversity, and inclusion and saying, we have to start to see the maleness and the whiteness of this environment and how it's going to affect people. Um, and, you know, and it's so obvious when I started to turn its head, I'm like, what if I walked into a building and I was the only white guy? What if it was literally like all, uh, you know, Latinas and, and black women and white women? Like, I would like absolutely be uncomfortable, you know? And I probably wouldn't think I was going to succeed. And I would probably feel like I have to act like them. And I, it would, I would eventually quit or fail, right? So we started training ourselves heavily on that. So that system began to show promise. And I know we only have a couple minutes, so I'll try to tie this up. But it, the, that was like mind-blowing to me that m- maybe this system could systematically change the system. Like, what if we could install this program in other companies, not just Treehouse? And then I could actually be a part of the systemic long-term change that I dream about. And that's my why, right? That reality that, like, I can use my privilege to fundamentally change a broken system, not because I'm an amazing, you know, white knight. It's because I, c- I can use my privilege for good at the right moment in history, right? Um, and that just, that drives me like crazy. I mean, I, I, I tell people like, you'd have to like kill me to get me to stop now. And then I would probably crawl to the grave and keep going. Like, that's how passionate I am because it's a true deep, deep why. Um, so that's a long answer to that question. Man, <laughs> it, it's frustrating we only have a few minutes left because I could literally, see, I mean, there's so many rabbit trails here. Um, Initially, this is the thing that comes up for me, and I told you this at the beginning when we when we first got on got on this call, is I hear this over and over and over again, and I have felt this way too, where you have this thing that comes up for you over and over and over again, the thing that just breaks your heart and stirs you, and it doesn't leave you. Like it didn't leave you for ten years, and it was something that just kept reappearing. Side note, everyone, that's an indication of what you're called. Yes, <laughs> it won't leave you alone. Um, but then often it feels as though the thing that you're really passionate about, the thing that that's broken and that you want to fix, you don't understand how you can turn that into an income stream because it's kind of, you have to pick either or. And I completely understand what you're saying about making rich people richer because I've thought to myself, you know, in the entrepreneurial world and building things online, it just seems like it's this rotation of information in this small group of people. Um, what advice, I know this is a very broad question, but what overall advice would you give those who, felt called to a greater mission, but also needed to make a living and wanted to build something. Right. So, you know, how do we fund this idea I have? Like, yes. yeah, can you actually make money from it? And what I realized is that companies would actually fund this system because they needed talent. And so what we did is, I mean, I asked blunt questions. You know, I literally went to my friends who were executives in tech companies and I, and I said, this is where we're going to have to charge to install this program for you so that we can continue to do it. Will you pay it? As a blunt, you know, this yeah. is the amount of money we need to make to do this. Is that a, a, a good investment for you? And they said, yeah, that's an amazing investment. So I think you actually have to be prepared to ask 
and say, this is the thing that I think I want to do um, that matters and then ask people to pay for it. You know, just do it. And then, and don't be ashamed to say, you know, the thing that I want to do um, is worth something and I'm going to ask people to pay for it. And actually I found that we, we were charging too little hmm. crazily. So now we, we even charge more because that way we can help more people. Um, and it's not a either, or, I mean, Treehouse is a for-profit company and I, I think for-profit companies can be sustainable and thus cause long-term change. hundred uh, percent. Before our last question, where can people connect with you online? Um, I'm kind of everywhere. If you just yeah. Google Ryan Carson, so, um, uh, just Google Ryan Carson. I'm uh, Ryan Carson on Insta, on Twitter, um, uh, doing a lot of stuff on LinkedIn these days. Um, and then Treehouse is teamtreehouse.com because we couldn't buy treehouse.com cause it was a million bucks. So we, yeah. we're, we're, we're teamtreehouse.com. We'd love to chat. Okay, great. great. And you also have a podcast, which I've been getting into a little bit. And I really love uh, you just switched to season two where you're focusing on people doing great things who don't have college degrees. That's right. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just posted this yesterday. 13 more companies came out and said we don't require college degrees. Google, Apple, like IBM, it goes on. So the, the idea was, you know what, we're moving to a spot in the world where um, there's too many, um, there's too much opportunity and companies can't fill their jobs fast enough and they're, they're not requiring college degrees anymore and you don't need a college degree to be amazing. Um, and so I wanted to highlight those people. There's some amazing stories out there. I love that. All of that is going to be linked in the show notes. So Ryan, our very last question, and I can talk to you forever. Um, you know, we try to target what I call unconventional leaders. So people who are thinking a little bit outside the box, they're thinking more big picture, cultural change. They're very purpose driven. Um, you know, when you, when you're first starting off in that, it's a little bit discouraging because people think, what can you do to change this big of a problem? You're just one person. Maybe you don't have a lot of support or resources, et cetera, et cetera. But that thing that you talked about, just keeps you up at night and it keeps coming back up and up. What would you say to that group of people who are just really on the edge of like, am I going to go all in with this or am I going to give up altogether? I would say um, force yourself to have a 10 or 20 year timeline um, because uh, there is no way that, you know, I could change anything in six months or a year, you know, with systemic racism and sexism, you know, but I can fundamentally have an impact in 10 years or 20 years. And I think, you know, I think if you just be a little longer term focused and somehow let that why uh, give you patience, um, I think then you can achieve crazy things. Um, so I hope that's helpful. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders, and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.